got to live long They have no use for your song You're dead, you're dead, you're dead You're dead and out of this world And welcome to the Vampire Movie Minute podcast, where we break down all of your favorite vampire movies one minute at a time. Today, we are continuing our coverage of what we do in the shadows, starting at minute 50. I am Scott Danielson. And I am Dr. Chris. And today, we are picking up where we left off last time, which is that our, our friend, our Nosferatu friend, Peter, was burned up. <laughs> and we're about to find out how somebody even got in a position to burn Peter up. Right. At the top of the 50 minute mark, they're turning the head back around of the vampire hunter that Nick met at the bar. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're moving it around and uh, they're, they're commenting on his look. Uh, they say it's like, oh, he looks like he's so macho. Like I like the little dig there. And then Nick, Nick admits that he knows he's like, oh, I know this guy. Yeah, and that's when uh, th- th- that's when um, he gets chased up the stairs by his fellow vampire, who just wants to kill him because Nick is responsible for the death of like I guess the oldest of all the vampires in their group. Um, the special effects become very like the Fly, uh, you know, the upside down room that Jeff Goldblum was in. Oh yeah, I actually got I actually got Inception vibes since we had a turning room type thing where people fighting on the ceiling. Right. And that's probably what it, that's a built set when they do that. There's like cranks and everything to build that set to turn everyone upside down. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, it's, it's kind of, it was funny. It was so interesting because I've seen, you know, behind the scenes for, for both inception and for this. And in both cases, they usually just have a set, you know, room where they can turn it and then they just adjust the camera accordingly. Uh-huh. And so, but apparently for some directors, staging it is very difficult. And so for Inception, it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was just like, I'm just shifting where the floor is. Like, he was just like, this is the floor. Now this is the floor. Now this is the floor. Like that's So it is, it is kind of interesting to see them awkwardly try to fight each other because it doesn't seem like Deacon's a great fighter. The, the, there's an episode of Scooby-Doo, the new Scooby-Doo movies that guest starred Batman and Robin. And oh, okay. there, there's like a room that turns or whatever, and they keep like the house keeps disappearing underground. That's why they can't find it sometimes. And it's like this turn upside this this turning house that turns around in the ground. And so the top of the ground, you know, the bottom of the ground is like a tree and a shrub, and then the house flips upside down. And like Batman and Robin and the Scooby Gang are inside the house, and it's going upside down, left and right. <laughs> <laughs> And that was my first ever exposure to an upside down room when I was a kid, long before I had ever seen like the fly or which is that an upside down room. That was just the way they built yeah. it. Or, um, you know, the Johnny Depp's death scene. In the I was just about Street. to, yeah, I was just about to say that. They take the fight right to the, uh, the kitchen and <laughs> Nick's friend is just sitting there polishing the silverware, watching <laughs> Nick in the corner and yeah like, what uh watching uh of uh, deacon uh doing it out and Stu is just like what is going on <laughs> yeah my favorite is that nick being up in the corner Stu doing nothing just says Stu, stay out of this like Stu hasn't done anything <laughs> so uh, i want to point out that when um <coughs> excuse me uh when viago runs running out of the room it looks like a portrait of a nosferatu or peter a uh, peter peter are on the wall yeah, yeah, and then uh, it, the the portraits become uh, more apparent in the the next five minutes when they have Nick's trial. But yeah, but uh, yeah, they they kind of they kind of just all run. We kind of it's funny for me because they're definitely doing the found footage like shaky camera thing when they're running through the house. So now, 
uh, the reason why Deacon goes running out of the kitchen is because there's police at the door. Somebody called in the attack, uh, and or they heard the, their neighbors heard the noise and called the police. And this is where we meet uh, the two police officers who have spun off into their own television series, Wellington Paranormal. We meet yeah, that's Carol. right. And so, yeah, so yeah, so Viaga goes to open the door, and then um, we 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 find out about we try to figure out exactly how good Viago is at hypnotism. So he tries to. <laughs> And what follows is just a series of misdirects where they're staring at something, you know, that basically everybody's floating <laughs> uncontrollably, seemingly. Right. And, this and they is, keep uh, commenting Aaron... on like, yeah, they keep commenting on like safety violations. This is Karen O'Leary and Mike Minot, who on nice. the show play Officer O'Leary and Officer Minot. Very nice. Yeah. So uh, they are uh, Officer Minot, uh, Peter Mike Minot plays uh, Officer Minot is uh, from District 9, Mortal Engines, and Avatar. And Karen, Wellington Paranormal, something called Eggplant. That's really it. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows was her first role as just policewoman. He had been in a couple things prior to this, but just shorts. But um, yeah, they, they're both uh, on Wellington Paranormal for 25 episodes, uh, which I think is now in its third season. Yeah, no, they've been they've been doing well. It's actually I think it's available on HBO Max now. If you haven't checked, That's great. Yeah, I was uh, showing this uh, show to my ex girlfriend right in the middle when we uh, broke up. I have not been able to finish it. I I don't blame you. <laughs> it's like we watched the What We Do in the Shadow movie, every single episode of the TV show, then the new season, then started Wellington Paranormal. We finished season one. We had just started season two, and then our our breakup happened and i was just like uh yeah sucks. yeah that's 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 no good there but yeah i i have to say what which of your gags in terms of like the mr x is your favorite is it the flammable chemicals is it the fire is it the the smoke detector which one do you think is your favorite oh i think it's the flammable chemicals when they're like hold on a second you got some rags here in the corner. This is very dangerous. <laughs> like they're uh, about think... to leave. They're about to leave, and she notices the rags in the corner that are like, you know, really bad fire hazard. Yeah, actually, my favorite has to be when they come across the courts and they're just like, and they're like, he's drunk, he's drunk, he's drunk, and they're just like, you're not helping your friend here. He's he's gonna he's gonna wake up in the morning and feel terrible. You gotta take care of him. <laughs> they don't even investigate the body. They they literally no. two of the dumbest cops ever, but they make for a great you know funny uh yeah. TV series. Well, apparently Viago is better at hypnotism than he thought. So there you go. The stakes this guy has are uh, pretty huge. They're gi- they're gigantic, and they're gigantic by like Buffy standards. So oh that's pretty- yeah. Hey, speaking of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who was in the news recently? <laughs> oh. oh, oh, is it? Is, are we talking Swanson or are we? Are we talking about Joss Whedon? Oh, Joss Whedon off being a dickhead. <laughs> oh, he is. <sighs> Charles Sweden should just never have responded to the allegations. If you really no. do not have a good defense, like he you decided- should have had a lawyer or your press agent. No, his response to, to the idiocracy on the set of Justice League is um, Gal Gadot doesn't speak good English and my sexual allegations are I have to have sex with women or <laughs> Well, and then he said, and then he said, it's like, well, my thing with, my thing with Ray Fisher is that he's not a very good actor. 
That Guess what? If you say the woman doesn't understand you and the one black guy in your cast isn't a good actor, guess what that looks like, you dumbass? <laughs> I can't believe how many times I always kept saying, wow, Joss Whedon, isn't he the greatest? <laughs> oh, it's it, there's so much, yeah, there's so much retrospective stuff that you're just like, oh, yeah, I, oh, I need to take back a decade of, like, I mean, at I, that I altar. I... I went out of my way every time he made something to watch it. You know what yeah. I mean? But in retrospect, watching like Dollhouse right now is like, oh, I get what Dollhouse is about. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They find Pietra's uh, burnt up body underneath the uh, the slab and it's the skeletal charcoal remains. But they don't see that. They see the buckets of kerosene. Yeah, the, yeah, they see the bu- they see the buckets of kerosene, and then they finally go. In the midst of this, actually, one of the one of the lines I I liked the best was that his uh, Viago at one point just goes, "It's like, well, we can't. He's like, we can't kill them. We don't want to kill them because then more police will show up, and then some of them might be Christians, and that's the last thing this house needs right now." <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So I, I I thoroughly yeah this whole the whole setup is just great. I mean that's what makes the movie so great. It's that's just a series of like basically sketches that are just kind of stitched into this vampire setup and it works perfectly. The the color in the scene, I want to point out something, is so diluted. And I don't know if that's just intentionally on purpose because sometimes this is a very colorful movie, but this entire basement scene, everything is insanely saturated. Yeah, it, it, it definitely has that home video found footage feel. Like it's, it's very interesting because sometimes like you see like the, especially like the confessionals or whatever, like those scenes are all very nicely filmed. And here it definitely feels like it genuinely feels like they put a flashlight on top of an old movie camera. So when they kind get of back wild upstairs, shifts. When they get back upstairs, they decide to deliberate, uh, deliberate on Nick's, um, and what he did wrong, and he's sitting, you know, in a chair behind him are photo are, are paintings of the three vampires as the three vampires themselves are deliberate deliberate deliberating on his punishment. Um, Stu is sitting in the corner watching the whole thing, and that's pretty much how our five minutes ends. Yeah, our five minutes ends with uh, two very uh, large and esteemed portraits, and then what looks like a <laughs> what looks like a, oh, what do you call it? Like an Instacam shot, like of like a. <laughs> like a Polaroid <laughs> size thing of Deacon. It's the silliest thing. Uh, yeah. Scott, where can people find us? You can find us at the Vampire Minute on Twitter, and then we're the Vampire Movie Minute on, on Facebook. And you can find us on our individual Twitters at ChristySAV. And I'm at Scott C. Danielson. And you can send us emails that as well at that radio uh, at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments about the movie that we're watching or any of the other movies that we've seen here on the Vampire Movie Minute podcast, Scott and I have been deliberating about what is going to be the next movie when we're done with what we do in the shadows. And it's kind of going back and forth between a couple of films. We're we'll be going back to the eighties, unless of course blade comes out, but I think we're still a year <laughs> off for blade. So <laughs> as long as there's no blade movie minute podcast coming, we're going to take blade people. <laughs> I need to but, enjoy uh, myself a lot. Need. That's, that's what we'll have two white guys talking about black people in a movie. Yes, De- talking about a Hong Kong-inspired action franchise. <laughs> right. I can also point something out. Someone, because someone asked me um, if Blade. Do you think Blade has anything to do with black people? And I was just like, no, no, it doesn't. At no point during Blade 
do they ever talk about that Wesley Snipes is black or the doctor is black or race or racism or anything to do with that? No, but in terms of visual language. <laughs> yes, yes, it is very much a jive turkey motherfucker, you know, uh, 70s style black exploitation speak film. Oh, 100%. I mean, I mean, one of Leslie Snipes' first actual spoken lines is when he gets shot in his like plate armor and says, "Motherfucker, are you out of your damn mind?" Some motherfucker is always trying to ice skate uphill. Oh, cl- classic. <laughs> Makes no sense. I love it. I don't care. <laughs> right. So there's a lot of black exploitation speak in the movie, but there is not any indication of the fact that he's a black man who's a vampire at all in no. any way. No. <laughs> not even his mother. No. Nope, no comments on that. <laughs> nope, none of the Blade movies ever address the fact that he is a black man, I think, either. I don't think they do in the two sequels. No, no, I don't, yeah, no, they really don't. I feel like that's going to be a thing in the Disney movies, but I really hope not. I mean, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. They're going PG-13 with it, which uh, I don't agree yeah. with, but... Yeah, that's going to I love the casting, but I don't agree with that. Yeah, there's been some rumored casting um, about uh, certain characters for the movie that people are like, who are these characters? Because they sound a lot like Rachel Van Helsing, Frank Drake, Quincy Quincy uh, Quincy Harker, and possibly Count Dracula. Oh boy! So a lot of people think they're going to be adapting possibly the first like 10, 12 issues of Tomb of Dracula into a movie. Which I'm like that that could be doable. You know, a couple of people ask, accidentally resurrect Dracula and Blade teams up with them to take Dracula down. That sounds like a perfectly fine I mean, production movie to me. Yeah, I mean, they opened up the multiverse, so they might just throw one. They're like, somebody else got out, whatever. Right, what if, what if the Thanos snap awakened the vampire Dracula? Yeah, what if, what if Spider-Man did this too? Right, what if something happened that awakened Count Dracula from a slumber that he's been in for thousands of years, you know what I mean? There you go. So that would make that would be totally acceptable to me to tie it into the Marvel Universe. You know what I mean? The energy that dissipated from the snap twice in five years on Earth, they have already hinted at, has had ramifications. There you go. So anyway, we're not going to get to Blade anytime soon, but the other two films we've been talking about possibly doing are Vampire Hunter D, the anime movie, which will be the first cartoon we do, the HBO uh, made-for-TV movie My Best Friend is a Vampire, which is my favorite vampire movie ever made. <laughs> if we not get, putting your finger well, on the scale at all. If we can get Robert Sean Leonard on the show, that would be awesome. Ooh, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But we'll be back in a couple weeks with another exciting episode of the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast. Don't sing if you want to live long. They have no use for your song. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You're dead and out of this world.